Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? Better than my bracket. Oh, I think everyone is done. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's over for all of us. Uh, the best part was that after last weekend, if you looked in the rankings in all the bracket challenges I'm in, I was doing okay. But then you would look at the maximum points, you know, the yeah. potential points remaining or whatever, and I and had you were hit there. my max. <laughs> I had already yeah, same hit here. It. Same and here. So it's like you could just see, okay, next week I'm just going to keep going down and down and down and yeah. down. So yeah. Uh, well, last week yeah. before the Sweet 16 round, my bracket was in the top 1% on ESPN. And I wasn't Impressive. really talking about it. I wasn't really talking about it because I was like, I, I just knew that next, the, the weekend was going to go badly right. and it did. I'm right. now below the 50% mark. So yeah, all of mine well, just went, just died. It was terrible. Well, after the first, the first weekend, uh, I know someone else who was in the top 1%. I, I know someone who I think had only missed two. That's, maybe that's three. where I was. Either two or three. That's it. Yeah. And that was Drew. Really? Good for him. Yes. He was very excited after the first weekend. But yeah, man, the but second it, weekend. Yeah, it's three ooh. weekends though. That's the thing. Yeah. That's you just never know. Uh you never know how it's gonna go. So I think because we do a I, I'm in the two or three different bracket challenges, but one that we do is at uh at Southeastern in our institutional advancement division. So that's admissions, financial development, certificate services, and communications um, to together. And uh, Lauren Pratt, who is our writer, I think she's going to win. Yeah. I, the writers I, I, always win. I know. I know. I think she's going to win. It's, it, it'll be a fun weekend. Now at this stage, I'm going to pull for Virginia. Oh, no. Can't do that. You got to pull for Izzo. And Greg Allison and his book in the Sibbets Madness, Amy. Wow, what a segue. Yes, yes. So uh, you still can get involved with the, the Sibbets Madness. This is the last weekend for it. Only three games this weekend, so only three books up for grabs. But Greg Allison's still in play. So we've been following Greg's uh, trip through the bracket. So if, if he does, if Michigan State does win it, we should like contact him and get a statement for him for the, for the podcast. We should. That would be fun. Since his since his book won. I, whoever wins, I need to get a statement from them, whatever we, book wins. We should do that. We should so, do that. Yes. Uh, but located in Louisville, Kentucky, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary is committed to training future pastors, missionaries, and gospel leaders. You can learn more about undergraduate, graduate, and doctoral degree programs by visiting sbts.edu. Amy, I saw a lot from Southern this week at the TGC conference up in Indiana. I had some friends from Lifeway that were up there as well. Chris Martin, our good friend, was... I had coffee with him yesterday. He was telling me about that. And uh, I, I know that you didn't get to go, but you right. knew, you did have some Southeastern representation up there. And oh, yes. Had a lot, had a oh, lot yes. of things going on. So um, yeah. I, I guess a good week for everyone. I, I heard good things from everybody at all of our seminaries that were at TGC. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good week for us. And uh, it was it was weird to not go because normally we do. But uh, just, man, I'm learning that that. The teenager phase of life and all the schedules to juggle, it just changes sometimes your travel decisions. And it was one of those moments where we said, I think someone else can go this time. But we had a, a an event for uh, our doctoral program for people to learn more. I think that went really well. And 
Uh, a lot of the folks at the booth had a great time. Dr. Aiken spoke, and uh, so it was kind of fun watching that coverage. And then we we sponsored the live stream, so we were kind of plugging in from from that. Very nice. Well, Amy, that wasn't the only big news this week or the big happenings this week. That's we correct. We had the big meeting in Dallas of the executive committee to elect their new president and CEO, Ronnie Floyd, good friend of the podcast, was elected on Tuesday. Congratulations to Ronnie Floyd for his election as the new president and CEO of the SBC Executive Committee. That's correct. And when you say good friend of the pod, we're talking all the way back to the first episode. Episode one, good friend of the pod. And who routinely listens. Yes. Because he will text me things from time to time that we talk about on the podcast. So very cool. I know he listens. And we are excited for him and uh, and Gina. I think you talked to Gina sometime this week. Yeah, and, we've emailed and stuff. Yeah. So so we are excited yep. for them, excited to have them in Nashville soon. So Amy, talk to us about the meeting. Tell us what happened there. First of all, the news broke on Sunday when he informed Cross Church that he would be headed to Dallas for this vote, that he was had had reached the point to step out and allow himself to be nominated by the search committee. And so he shared that information with his church, and then it became public knowledge. So we've all been kind of waiting. We knew the special call meeting was there, but, uh, but the name of the candidate had not been made public. So we found this out on Sunday. And then, I mean, I think then, you know, after that, he and Gina headed to Dallas. Then the executive committee staff headed down there and the committee members, they had, uh, I think, almost 70 in, a, in attendance, because obviously with these special called meetings, you're going to have some folks that, that can't make it. Yeah. Um, so well, they've had some that, resignations across the year as well, too. Right, so, I mean, because some of lo- relocations and things. Yeah. yeah. So so that's a, a really good number to be there. And so they convened in Dallas at, at an airport hotel there, and uh, they started on Tuesday around, I think, 11 a.m. Central time. The meeting was largely, I mean, they had a few kind of beginning business, you know, the, the normal stuff where they, the members get all their information about what they should do with receipts and how they should, you know, handle this, this meeting. And then they go into executive session. That's very normal for something like this because that's a moment for the committee to ask questions, to do all of these things. These are these are the types of meetings that happen in executive session. Uh, so procedurally, it's a very standard thing. And uh, so at that stage, the news basically was was uh, from people. I think just out in the hall, you know, you would see an occasional tweet from Baptist Press that said, "It's been another hour, nothing, you know, so far." And then I'm just imagining David Roach with a stopwatch outside. Just yeah. staring at the stopwatch the entire that's right. time. That's right. That's right. And then, you know, Ronnie Floyd has left the room. So that's when we all knew, okay, they're getting ready to vote. Because that's how these things happen. Right. Because that's that's what's going on. So it, it was almost like I had sort of a picture in my mind of a convention area of a hotel as I'm seeing these these tweets. But then uh, then it finally the announcement comes. Ronnie Floyd is the new president of the executive committee. And so later pictures came out, you know, of the smoke was white, Amy. Well, yes, that's a a fun, a fun cultural reference. And it is funny how you think about that, because I I thought about that. Oh, yeah. uh, Because I've been through I guess we've been through two papal conclaves in our uh, in our lifetime. And probably three two. Jim Paul. I'm pretty sure we need to look this up. 
I'm going to look this up. I don't remember that papal conclave. We'll just put it that way as a child. Maybe you do. Oh, no, no, no. He, he, I just looked. So technically there's been three in my lifetime. He became the Pope in 1978. All right. See, there we go. So but I don't since, remember that. All right. So there was three. Right. But really so, two that we can remember. Okay. But, but who was right? You were. Okay. When were you born Kid- though? 80, so only two in my okay. lifetime. only two in your lifetime, three in mine. Anyway, I wasn't watching the first one. So as someone from the outside, you're watching on the news and all these people gathered outside in the square of the Vatican to get some signal of what's going on. Uh, so it is kind of funny that we have references to that whenever this time comes. Anyway, he goes, we see lots of pictures after, and then he immediately went into the mode to to address. He talked to the media. He had a Facebook Live addressing all Southern Baptists. He spent the next day on lots of conference calls. Uh, so he has hit the ground running. Yeah. And the Facebook Live, you mentioned that. It was fascinating to see the different questions from different media outlets from across the, the country. We had a couple of secular outlets. Most of them were our state Baptist papers. And, mm-hmm. and then there was me on there. Uh, and then, you know, the, you mentioned the, the conference calls. Uh, I was on one of those as well. And he had several of those. We have an article about the conference calls. He had a conference call with, uh, the prayer link, the SPC prayer link. He had a conference call with Mega Metro with a uh, large church and gathering, uh, with small churches and bivocational leaders with the Great Commission Council with the Convention Advancement Advisory Committee as well as some state leaders and the, the young leaders. So I was on the young leaders one, Amy, So because I'm young, and I'm not in any other groups. So uh, right. that was uh, it was a good conference call. And, you know, getting to hear his heart, get to hear his vision for the executive committee and, and how he wants to help with cooperative program advancement and cooperative program growth, as well as uh, the theme that I saw across all of it was gospel to the nations. That was the theme yes. that I think I heard and I saw more and we we have the audio from the Facebook live that he did on Baptist Press. We're going to put that after the news here. So we'll get to that in just a second. You can listen to all that. It's about 8 minutes, so it's not too long. But we have all that audio, but I point you to one theme that keeps coming up and it's gospel to the nations, which if there's anything that we can all get around, it's that. That's it. Yep. Most definitely, and this has been something we've heard from Ronnie Floyd for years. It is. It is, and it's uh, it's been one of the calling cards of his ministry. And it's uh, nice to see that as well carry on into his role at the executive committee. So once again, congratulations to Ronnie Floyd on his election as the president and CEO of the executive committee of the Southern Baptist Convention. Amy, we have some news from Texas about a uh, a new policy on sexual abuse in the SBTC. Yes, the executive committee of uh, the SBTC. So this is their uh, from their executive board. They approved a policy. Uh, la- I guess a couple weeks ago, it was on March 26th, but it just released this week, uh, related to sexual abuse and affiliated churches. So this is about church affiliation with that state convention. Uh, based on an interpretation of the convention's faith statement, which is the Baptist Faith and Message 2000, it would disallow new or continued affiliation by a church whose senior pastor has been convicted of sexual abuse of a child. And it also prohibits new or continued affiliation by a church that is found to be indifferent in their response to child sexual abuse. And, uh, so they, they have already, they've already determined, uh, to adopt that policy. 
And I think this, you know, this could be something that we're going to see in a lot of states as the issues of the last couple of months come to the surface and everyone is wrestling with them at different levels. And Amy, the policy that they adopted, the language here is, it looks to be the same language as the proposed constitutional amendment that we saw come from the executive committee back in February. It will be fascinating to see if that language for the constitutional amendment either passes or is amended what happens with this language here because th- this language mirrors that language but right. it, but that language is not firm yet right because it goes before the convention yeah. for two, so it, two, it has not been adopted years, but it's yeah. been adopted already in texas right and they, and so they've taken that to use that as their guidelines they're also empowering uh, their credentials committee to review qualifications of churches for affiliation and then recommend appropriate action to the executive board or messenger body Yes, which is what we see typically in the state conventions. We've seen that. From right. That's a mention. normal. That's yeah, a we normal see that. In, and we talked about it on this podcast from Kentucky, from Tennessee and, and other states as well. Right. Jim Richards, the executive director, said they grieve to hear of any victim of sexual abuse and goes on to just talk about the commitment to facilitate awareness and prevention, um, expecting churches to minister within the parameters of the faith statement and bylaws and, and their goal to really conduct several, to conduct training events and to help churches in this area. So just really communicating a serious posture toward this. All right. Well, it's the first of the month, Amy. You know what that means. CP. And we are 3.85% over the mid-year budget projection. That's good news, Amy. We are over $100 million dollars. Six months through the budget year, $100,736,376.81. That's got to be really good news to the new president. Yes, it's above the $100,700,826.63 last year, almost $30,000 above. And we finished last year ahead of budget. Yes. So things are good right now, CP-wise. Very good. Very good. We continue to promote because I tell you, I don't think anyone would argue if it just kept getting higher and higher. No. And what we saw whenever Ronnie Floyd took over as SBC president, he made CP promotion a big part of what he was doing as president. And we saw it turn around. And that was when we started covering the convention and in the podcast and everything. And we, you and I have had kind of a front row seat to the CP growing over the past right, four years. Right. And now with him in his role at the executive committee, I think this will only increase. Well, it will be interesting because a huge part of the executive committee's task is to promote the cooperative program. And we do know that that was a priority for him during his presidential terms. It was also a priority for him as a pastor because his church is well over a million a year in CP gifts. Right. So to see where this translates uh, now with the task of promoting the cooperative program on a regular basis, uh, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of the executive committee under his leadership. It will. All right. So we got a a pair of articles that are very similar. So we're going to cover them all at once. The Florida Baptist and the Michigan Baptist have both partnered with NAM to expand their church planning strategy. Now, both of these have Send cities in them, Miami and Detroit. And they also have said, all right, we're going to partner with you for all of our church planning. So whether it's inside the Sin City or not, both Florida and Michigan will be partnering with NAM for their assessment, their training, and their coaching for church planners. That's really cool. And it shows their desire to really work, work together toward the same goal 
And, and it's just another way to see that partnership between NAM and the state convention level. Yeah, and, and it gives them more resources for outside of the Sin Cities. So that's great for both state conventions, especially up in Michigan, where, you know, it's not as big a CP and not as many churches, obviously, as Florida. So it helps them and helps them plant churches throughout the state. Uh, both of them have adopted the Sin Network mantra across their church planning efforts. So congratulations to Tim Patterson, as well as Tommy Green and their respective states for partnering with NAM for more church planning. Amy, we, we like more church planning. Absolutely. All right, so that's going to do it for the news this week. That's going to bring us to the audio from Ronnie Floyd in his post-election Facebook Live address. So here's that audio right here where he kind of lays out his vision for the executive committee. It's time to come back home to who we are, what is our hallmark, what is that one thing that sets us apart, and that is a strong commitment to taking the gospel of Christ around the world. Churches are called to take the gospel to the world. Convention entities, uh, convention committee like ours, uh, state conventions, local associations. Listen, our goal should ultimately be to assist churches in helping them more readily and in a more accomplished manner, whatever we can add value to, to call them to take the gospel to the world because they're the ones that are anointed to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. I hope that we live to see the day when the Southern Baptist Convention becomes known not only for being a great evangelistic force and not only for getting the gospel across the world, but that we will also become known as the greatest multi-generational, multi-ethnic and multilingual denomination in the United States of America. We need to do everything we can to look in today's world like heaven is going to look one day. And I just want to call us all to look around to our communities, do everything we can to try to have people in our church that look like the communities in which we're here to serve. And that's on every pastor, every church leader, every lay person. And we just need to really go back into that whole element that people need Jesus and that people need each other. And right now, that's what the church is about, is about taking the gospel to the world, discipling the, the saved, doing everything we can to empower people to mission. And in all of this, I want to say that to every pastor and church leader today and every layman, uh, who's a part of a local Southern Baptist church, please, let's prioritize. Let's elevate. Let's accelerate our giving through the cooperative program. The cooperative program is what funds and fuels everything we do around the world. And we do not need to forget the importance of, of encouraging one another and of forwarding that in every way. Get involved in your local area, get involved in your state convention, get involved on the national level to do everything you can to help us be better for the glory of God. We're better together when we talk to each other, serve one another, encourage one another, go on mission together with one another, and that's when Baptists are at their very best. And with this, we are facing enormous challenges all across our convention of churches. We know that. And I just want to encourage us, pastors, let's get help if we don't know what to do. 
Let's do what we can to turn around many of our churches. Let's do what we can to maximize your life, that God wants to use you in a powerful way to make the greatest difference possible with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And therein lies the reality of not only facing challenges like growth and advancement and moving forward, those matters, but we also face many problems. We face problems that we're uh, going to be confronted with in our culture. And we all know that if you've been in Baptist life at all over these last few months, that we are facing the whole sexual abuse issue uh, within the life of our churches. I want to say to all of us, we need to do everything we can to, to say to our, the people who have been hurt, damaged, uh, victims in this situation, that listen, we, we, we want to walk with you. We, we lament with you. I joined with President Greer to do everything we can to call us up to providing our churches to being safe environments. And a lot of this happens through prevention towards resourcing our churches. And that's what we're going to attempt to do through all that we do as Southern Baptist. And when we look at what we're facing in reality of, of this challenging issue, I just want to appeal to all of us. We need to come together. Southern Baptists stand against sexual abuse. And now we must do everything we can to create a path of unifying together. So when we leave Birmingham, Alabama this, this, this summer, that I mean, we leave with as, as declarative of a statement as we can make to our culture about what we believe about this issue in the nature of who we are as Baptists. And I just want to remind us again, our role in the Southern Baptist Convention is to serve churches. Our, 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 our role is not to govern churches, but at the same time, we have got to encourage one another in this journey. And so let's encourage one another to do this in every way possible. Did you know that today is 70 days away before our convention meets in Birmingham, Alabama? I hope that you will join us in June. Come to Birmingham. Be a part of that convention. We have thousands of churches that can drive in on those two days and make a difference. So I want to urge you, join us in Birmingham, Alabama. Because you see, when day 71 comes, we will have made a fresh new statement. A statement to our culture about what we believe about certain matters. But a statement about what we believe about the local church what we believe about equipping leaders, what we believe about activity of the public square, what we believe about taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. May we give a declarative proclamation to this country and to this world that we are about ultimately one thing, reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I hope that I'll see you in Birmingham. Let's pray for this gathering. We need to really undergird this gathering like never before with prayer. We're in a battle and the battle is not against each other and the battle is not against flesh and blood, but we need to stand against our enemy, Satan, who wants to divide us 
and who wants to divert us from the purpose of the church. And let's come back again together, unify together around Jesus, unify together about our statement of faith, unify together that we're going to make the greatest difference we can to reach every town, to reach every city, to reach every county in the United States, every state in this, in this union, as well as beyond to every nation of the world. Join us in this grand task. And I say these words as my final words to you. Our missional vision as Southern Baptist is to present the gospel of Jesus Christ to every person in the world and to make disciples of all the nations. It will be to that end, that end of reaching the world that I will give my life to in this next season, 100% from before daylight until exhausted, until Jesus comes or until he calls me home. Thanks for that, Jonathan. Um, Appreciate the work to pull that audio just so that more people can hear and listen to that. It seems like it got a lot of views and hopefully now it's getting a lot of listens. Exactly. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. I went back to 1965 this time, and it was a release from Baptist Press about the longest program statement ever at that stage uh, for a convention agency. And uh, this was was what the executive committee was sending to the 1965 Southern Baptist Convention in Dallas with a uh, around 15,000 word program statement for the largest agency, uh, the Baptist Sunday School Board, laying out 25 different programs for the Baptist Sunday School Board uh, to to take on. And I thought this was very interesting. So this, we have an organization manual. So is this like the ministry assignment? Yes, thing? this is the ministry okay. assignment. So okay. we have an organ, we have an organization manual. A lot yes. of people may not know that you have constitution, bylaws, business and financial plan. The organization manual is what gives the ministry assignments to all the different agencies and the messengers actually uh, approve that, you know. Uh, so it kind of comes through the executive committee, but the messengers designate different things. That doesn't change all the time. I mean, it, it would have changed during like Covenant for a New Century. That would have been a, a major time where program statements or ministry assignments. And now we will occasionally have like one amendment like let's add well, we had a one. proposed ministry assignment last year right that we yes. discussed at the executive committee but those are kind of one-offs yeah this was two there were two program statements being presented uh one was the brotherhood commission but the other one was the sunday school board and it was a very long statement and was assigning 25 programs to the sunday school board and so i was looking at this i thought it was interesting to see some things in this list which are still happening and others which are not just because of kind of a change in the culture and in uh, in what we do. All right, well, let's run through them, Amy. Yeah, let's run through them. All right, so, so church, church literature publishing. Obviously, we still do that. Check. Broadman book publishing. Same. Broadman film production. That would be Lifeway Films now. Yeah. Church music publishing. Yes. Broadman supplies production. Yes. Uh, convention Press Publishing. Kind of, sort of. It's It's been kind of looped in with Broadman and Holman, but in yeah. the Lifeway imprint. So, yeah. Right. We still have that. Um, Baptist Bookstore Operation. Yes, not quite different. the same. Yes, it's, it's different. It's different. This is online. a pre-online age, so yeah. it's still there. It just looks different. Assembly Operation. 
I'm not sure what that is. Is that like large assemblies, like events, or is that like maybe putting together? I don't know how to define assembly right there. I'm not really sure either. Maybe that's maybe that's Ridgecrest. Maybe that maybe that's it, putting I guess it's like literal. Like I mean, it could be that you can use word assembly in a couple of different ways. One would be yeah. And have Let's hosting go with that. assemblies. I think that actually would work. Conferences and events. That would be it. Yeah, or assembly okay. operation like put the books together. So I don't. Know. I think it's. I think it's the conferences and events. Yeah, Sunday school promotion. We do that. Yes, plus groups. You, I mean, you do small group yes. promotion, uh-huh. which is a little bit different, uh, similar. Vacation Bible school promotion. Yes. Weekday Bible study promotion. Kinda. It's kind of all lumped into small group and curriculum. Right now. Right, right. Because you publish Bible studies. Yeah, that we can do. be done on a weekday. Training union promotion. I don't think that's the same anymore. No, I don't think so either. However, however, training union was more of leadership training. So that would be like Lifeway leadership. Right, right. Okay. So I guess we still do that, but just not under that mantra. Yeah. Church music promotion. Yes. Which, which was separate from church music publishing. But I mean. That's the red you, box uh, right. that you get from Lifeway Worship now that promotes church music. Yeah, yeah. Church administration service. Not quite sure what that is, but I think so. Yeah. Audiovisual education service. Yeah, we still put out stuff like that. AV. Right, but I bet they look different because I think yes, this would have been... it wasn't film this, strips. Right, this was the film strip age, so it just looks different. Work with college students. We do that. That's still one of our uh, yes. assignments. Family ministry. I guess. I mean... It's kind of... It's... Yeah, it's tied a up in these, curriculum like, and yeah, things. And vocational guidance, the next one. I, I don't even... Right. I don't know what vocational guidance... I don't know what that is. ...would have been at the time. Uh, Bible and general tract distribution. We still do that. CSB. Yep. yep. Church architecture consultation. We have a partnership with the church architecture. Yes. Yes. Church library service. And we get to one that has gone away completely. Yeah. We do yeah. not provide church library service anymore. Okay, that was a, that so was a big department at Lifeway at one point. Yeah, and yeah. church recreation church recreation service. I, I don't think we have that anymore either. We used to have some rec labs and things like that, but I don't believe we oh, do that anymore. Oh, that's kind of cool. Okay, research and statistical analysis. Still do that. Still there. Cooperative education and promotion work with state Baptist conventions. I think that's not CP promotion. I think that right. is working with state conventions to help them know what promote. Lifeway has to promote it to the churches. Maybe so. Yes. so. And then and Southern the, Baptist Convention support, we we do that as well. I mean, I think that's just, yeah, yeah, that's there. And they were very clear. They talked about how the Sunday School Board is the only SBC agency not to receive financial support through the Convention's Unified Budget, the cooperative program, and says it, uh, through its programs, of Southern Baptist Convention support and cooperative education and promotion. Um, the Sunday School Board provides funds from its income to help other denominational activities. So this Which thing we that we said, this thing that we've said for a while that they don't receive, you don't receive CP funds, but you give to denominational efforts. That's been going on for a very long time. So it's fun to kind of see uh, how it, things change and how they stay the same. That overall. Uh, the work of Lifeway is very much the same, but you got little things that change, like no film strips and training union looks different now. It's Lifeway leadership. And uh, so I just I saw that list and thought we we should do this. So Lifeway is busy at work this week serving Southern Baptists, but it also was doing a lot of the same things uh, in 1965 this week in SBC history. 
All right. Well, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is... At the Table, which is the podcast of the Women's Leadership Network. Uh, We talked about that last week, but the podcast dropped uh, this week with the first interview. Jackie King, who is uh, based out of Arkansas. She's at Second Baptist in Conway. Uh, She is the host of this podcast. So every week is a different interview with uh, a woman in the SBC. And so this week it's with Casey Merrifield, who's a senior leadership specialist with Giant worldwide. And she's talking about identifying gifts and leadership styles, ways to implement strengths. Uh, and it was a really good episode. I loved it. My resource of the week is a article over at Facts and Trends. I had two articles this week, Amy, at Facts and Trends. This is not one of them. Four ways churches can serve adults with special needs. Now, many of you may realize that April is Autism Awareness Month. And uh, this past Tuesday was Autism Awareness Day, April the 2nd. So uh, our kids, uh, it was a big deal. It's a school, actually. I don't know if it was where you are, where your kids at school, but our kids, they asked our kids to wear blue for autism awareness oh, very on, cool. on Tuesday. And so we have a post in Facts and Trends about a church, a Southern Baptist church at First Baptist Church, Ashboro, North Carolina. I'm not sure where Ashboro is. I know where Wilkesboro is and where Asheville is, but not where Ashboro is, Amy. A- Ashboro is, a, I want to say it's an hour and a half, two hours away from here. That's where the... The North Carolina Zoo is, so oh. a lot of folks will go over for day trips there. But, All right. Yeah. Well, their joy class celebrated its golden anniversary this past year, making it the longest standing special needs class in the North Carolina Baptist State Convention. So it's been around since 1968, so they're in their 51st year. Uh, last year, Very they celebrated cool. that 50th anniversary. And it, it just a, a nice way to highlight what they're doing with special needs adults and everything that's going on at that church. So it's just a nice little look at that and something that I know is becoming more prevalent in churches. Actually, my church uh, Sunday school class that I teach last week served uh, last Saturday at a local ministry that provides care for special needs adults. So uh, check this out, and uh, especially if your church has a special needs ministry or special needs ministry to adults, I recommend you check out this article over at Facts and Trends. Very cool. Amy, we've reached April. That means we've got some seminary trustee meetings coming. I know you've got yours next week. I'm having to miss the Southeastern Society meeting again. Um, we got to get you here sometime I, for it. Well, stop having them on like weekdays where I've got to miss work and I know, everything. I know. It's, so, but it's always on a Monday. So, so Monday is going to be a very long day for me because uh, we start right out of the blocks with a breakfast and, and uh, I've have to kind of divide my time between the Southeastern Society and the Board of Trustees, but then we have a dinner, and that dinner is going to go probably all the way right up to the tip-off for the national championship, and I'm not going to be able to go to sleep. I'm going to have to come home and watch, and uh, so Monday's going to be a really long day from the first breakfast to the one shining moment, Uh, so let's just hope I can be awake for the second day of the trustee meeting. I have zero interest in the final four. I have interest in it every year, no matter who, no matter who's there. Not, I probably won't watch a lick of it. I'll probably watch college baseball and hockey this weekend. Yeah. Because that's what I watch pretty much every weekend too. So. No, this is a year. I I wouldn't even know what to do uh, if I didn't watch it. This is a yearly tradition. I don't care what teams are in it. So. Okay. Well, but I'm rooting for Michigan state and I think you're rooting for Virginia. So. We'll find out who, who wins. Probably neither but one of us. P- please tell Aaron Earls, do not post that article 
about Tony Bennett until after the Final Four is over because it seems like he's got some record that every time he posts that Facts and Trends article about Tony Bennett, they lose. I'm totally posting that. No, you cannot. Do not post that. <laughs> so, and tell Aaron Earls he cannot post it. Wait until next week. And, and no matter what happens, it's a great article. He should post it, but just not right now. All right. Well, I'll, I'll let him know that Amy says you can't do that. All right. So, yes. I'm looking at the uh, the, the matchup right now. In one side of the bracket, you've got Peter Gentry and Stephen Wellham with their Kingdom Through Covenant book against Greg Allison's Sojourners and Strangers. And then on the other side of the bracket, you've got Dr. Moore's Storm Toss Family versus Greg Allison's Historical Theology. I am pulling for an all Greg Allison final. Can I just be honest? What? I, I think this SBTS Madness is a genius thing. And I, I, I think it's fun to watch it. But when I get to this stage, I really just care about the basketball, Jonathan. Okay. Well, That's, you can care about yeah. the basketball. I'm caring about the books. And Greg okay. Allison, he's got half the final four. So he's got a good chance at making it to the finals and winning it all. Which one is, which one is Virginia? Virginia is the Gentry and Wellam book, Kingdom okay. Through Covenant. Well, I, I, if we're going to talk books, I, I'm pulling for Gentry and Wellam. Oh, okay. Because all I'm right. pulling for Virginia. Yeah, so. well... So and all the SEC fans are pulling for Doctor Moore, and I guess so. Storm toss family because that's what us SEC people do. We, yeah, no. So anyway, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Watch the game on Monday night and uh, keep an eye out for any other news throughout the week. Thanks again to Baptist Press for providing the Facebook Live for us to use the audio for this episode, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. Mm-hmm.